through the Word, we want to acknowledge uh, our veterans today. It's, uh, yes. Um, I think, uh, is it Thursday or so that's Veterans Day? So we will observe it uh, today. And so please, uh, all those who uh, uh, have served or are serving in, in, uh, in the Army, would you stand? And the Navy and Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, if you have served or are serving, yes. Please remain standing. Don't we appreciate all those who serve? We've got a, uh, if you would please just remain standing, those of you that are. We've got a little small, uh, little small gift we want to give you. We thought the least we could do is maybe buy you some gas today. And, uh, I, I was going to say, you know, fill up your tank, but uh, the prices have gone up, so maybe we'll get close. But uh, we do thank God for all those who serve, and um, it is such a tremendous thing. It's uh, those who serve are called the ministers of God in Romans, and. Uh, Sometimes people have some goofy ideas about, well, why do you need to spend all that money and, and send people and do all these things? Because uh, there is evil in the world. And if you don't have something to stop them, they will be, you'll be flying a new flag before the week's out. Huh? But God's grace, hallelujah, and His mercy has spared us. And through the agency of the men and women who uh, serve, have served, and do serve. Yes. So I want us to also uh, pray right now while we've got this on our mind and heart. For everybody that's uh, in the field and working and in service. And not only them, but you know, their families are missing them and wanting them to come home. Come home safe. So let's, uh, let's lift them up and let's... Let's surround them in faith and, and prayer. Father, we, we, we thank you for these and all those who have served and helped to keep us safe and, and protect us and defend us against those who would do us harm and damage. And we thank you that you have sustained us until this present hour. And we're trusting you to keep on protecting us and, and to keep on uh, sparing us from evil. And we pray for every uh, man and woman in every branch of our services that are in the field right now, here at home and abroad, that are in service. We, we speak faith and grace around them. And we pray that you would comfort them and strengthen them. And if they don't know you, reveal yourself to them and send labors across their path and open their ears and hearts and minds to know the truth and be saved and receive Jesus. And we pray for their families, Lord, that you would encourage them and comfort them and strengthen them. And we thank you for keeping this great nation. We thank you for blessing us and keeping us, and we give you all the glory and all the praise. It's because of you. 
all because of you. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thanks. Y'all can be seated. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, one of the greatest things you can have is a really, really strong military. You want to be so strong that nobody even thinks about messing with you. I'm telling you, it's it's one of the greatest, uh, you know, agencies for peace that there is. Because uh, the enemy is encouraged when you get weak. Yeah, and he starts eyeing you then. And then if he thinks he can take you, well, then he gets more emboldened. But so you want to say so strong that uh, everybody says, well, not now. There's no need trying them now. They're too strong. Uh, look, please, in the scriptures to Matthew, the 16th chapter. Matthew 16. We've been on a topic for a few weeks now, just a few um, on a, a series that we're calling The Keys of the Kingdom. The Keys of the Kingdom. And it's based on uh, this passage here. Matthew 16 and 13. Matthew 16, 13, uh, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, he said, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And uh, next verse, if you would. They said, Some say you're John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And you'll find a similar thing today. If you ask people, if you stop somebody on the street and say, uh, You ever heard about Jesus? They'd probably say, yeah, I've heard about Jesus. Well, who do you think he is? Well, some say, you know, he's a, he's a great teacher. Some say he's a great example. Some say this, some say that. A prophet. Uh, verse 15. But he said to them, the twelve, who do you say that I am? And that is the big deal. Who do you say? And this is perhaps the most important question of your life. Hmm? Who do you say he is? If you think he's just a historical figure, you know, then according to the Bible, you're not saved. You're lost. So it matters hugely who you say he is. Who do you say that I am? Uh, Next verse. Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Hallelujah. Give that man a prize. He got got it right. And so if you're wondering what the correct answer is to who is Jesus, here it is. I said, here it is. And if you don't, if you're not, you know, convinced that this is the truth, then, oh friend, do not stop until you get it settled. 
Don't think, well, I don't know if I agree with you or not. Forget about me. This is between you and God. Is it real or is it not? Who is he? I'm so glad. Years ago, I got it settled. Huh? I'm convinced. I'm fully persuaded. Who is Jesus? He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Huh? I'd like to hear you say it. Who, who is Jesus? Who is he? He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Is he? And I, and I would add this, and my Savior. And my Savior. And my Savior. I've received him as my Savior. Christ means the Messiah, the anointed one, who is the Savior of the world. Keep going. Jesus answered and said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it to you, but my Father which is in heaven. Keep going. And I say to you, you are Peter, which means a rock. And upon this rock, which means a a big, massive foundation rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The rock is the Christ, the Son of the living God, the revelation that he just spoke. He is the foundation. And he is building his church to this very day, still building his church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, if you, uh, if you weren't with us last uh, Sunday, we got into some detail about the gates. And uh, gates don't attack. When's the last time you got attacked by a gate? Huh? Uh-uh. What do gates do? They keep things, if they're locked, they keep uh, people out, and they, or they keep somebody in. Right? And so uh, uh, the Lord's building his church. And you know what the church is being built out of? Hmm? Those who are born again are living stones. Living stones that are sealed into this edifice, this structure that is the church of the living God, also called the body of Christ. There's more than one uh, example, but uh, any time you see lost people, and these would be people who are behind the gates, under the power and control of darkness. Come on, can you see this? When you see these folks, you should think building supplies. Huh? Is that right? Building? What? What do you mean? Well, when when the when the Building is finished when the last living stone is set in place and the gospel is preached all over the world. The scripture said the Lord's going to come. He's going to come back. And so uh, uh, the the powers of darkness cannot hold uh, and dominate and control and keep people from being saved. There are people coming out of this into the kingdom daily. Are you glad about it? But now look at the next, the next verse. He said, and I will give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. 
I will give to you the keys of the kingdom. Now, keys of the kingdom, key means just like you think. Keys, like to a door or like to a gate. Keys. But keys uh, are control. If you have the keys to something, you can control it. If you got the keys to a car, you can control the car. You can use the car. You got keys to a house, you can go in the house. You can lock up the house, not let other people get in the house. You got you got control. Keys are control. And he said, I will give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What are those keys? He tells you immediately. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He's talking about divine delegated authority that's backed up by the power of the Holy Spirit. The authority and the power, the right and the might. Hmm? The right to do it, the might to accomplish it. The authority and the power to bind, which means to, to tie up, to, to stop or to loose, to untie, to allow, to set free. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. These keys have been given to us, Amen. to the church. Amen. Now in, uh, in Matthew 28, if you'll notice, Matthew 28, 18, after Jesus had gone to the cross... And then he has raised from the dead. Uh, he made this statement. He said to them, all power, and this is the word for authority, all authority is given to me in heaven and earth. How many believe that? All authority. Somebody say all authority. All authority. In heaven and earth is given to me. Uh, we, we read last week in Revelation 1, Revelation 1, 17 and 18, that when John saw him, he said he fell at his feet. And in Revelation 1, 17, he said, fear not, I am the first and the last. And he who is living, he said, and, uh, was dead, verse 18, and lo, I am, I, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and of death. Now, if you read Hebrews, you'll find that the devil used to have the power of death. Used to. He had the power of death is what the verse says. And uh, why? Because that's what happened when Jesus died and he overcame all of that and he triumphed over it and rose the third day. He took that away and now has the keys of death and hell. And he's alive forevermore. Now, most Christians believe this. What do you mean? They believe that Jesus has all authority. 
They believe he has all power. But they don't believe they have any. They believe he does. But not them. And that's a big problem. Notice the very next verse. Where he says all a power, all authority in, in Matthew twenty eight eighteen, all power, all authority is given to me in heaven and earth. And what does the very next verse say? So you go. So you go. Go you go. Like Mark says, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. Now Mark adds some some detail. He says, you go here and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Well, you must have authority to do this. Right? Well, him telling you to go is authority, is being authorized. And and you remember in in Mark, Mark 16, uh, 15 and 16 through there, he said, uh, uh, you know, go into all the world. And preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized will be saved. He that doesn't believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow them that believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons or spirits. Well, you'd have to have authority to do that. You don't think so? I mean, how could you do it without authority to do it? And without power to do it? Can you see these two go together? When he says, all authority has been given me in heaven and earth. So, you go. You go and you proclaim the good news to everybody. And you cast out spirits. And you lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Sounds like delegation. Sounds like authorization. Sounds like empowerment. He did the same thing with the twelve. You remember in, in, in Luke 9 and 10, he talks about that. He gave them power and authority over all diseases and to cast out spirits. Then he did that with an additional 70. Not just the twelve, but an additional 70. And this was just in his earthly ministry. And now that he has raised from the dead. And he got all the keys. And he got all the power. And he got all the authority. And before he left, he said, I got it all. I got it all. So, here you go. Here you go. I'm authorizing you. I'm empowering you. I'm sending you. Did he say it or not? Look with me in Ephesians, please. Ephesians, the first chapter. Now, we looked at this last week. I want us to look at it again. Ephesians chapter 1 and 2 go into detail about what happened when Jesus went to the cross, went to the heart of the earth, what he accomplished. When he was raised from the dead, this is something we should uh, give much thought and meditation to. What he did, what he accomplished, what it means to us, how it affects us. In Ephesians 1, he, uh, let's just begin reading in uh, verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 3. 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. See, not, not going to. Not as in the process of. Hath blessed us with all. How much? All spiritual blessings in the heavenlies in Christ. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ, to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. Somebody say, I'm accepted. accepted. In the beloved. beloved. What does that mean? You have found where you belong. You are accepted in the beloved. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he has abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, Having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he has purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. And even today, part of the family is on earth and part of the family is already in heaven. Huh? You got folks that are already there? Yeah, and they're looking forward to you coming. They are. And it says, uh, verse verse 11. Now, are you awake? In whom also we have obtained an inheritance. Hallelujah. Who have? We have. We have, say it out loud, we have have obtained obtained an inheritance. inheritance. What's an inheritance? Well, it's just what you think it is. Somebody died and left you something. (laughs) Huh? I said, somebody died and left you something big, big. And in this case, the one who died rose again to make sure you enjoy what he left you. Woohoo! Wow. It's time to say wow. Inheritance. Now, do you believe this? Yes. Well, what did you inherit? What What did you inherit? I think this is a real weakness in the church. I think this is a real area of, of, of lack of knowledge. And this is not an isolated verse about inheriting and being an heir. You'll find numerous places in the New Testament that talk about our inheritance. Somebody said out loud, I have, I have 
a great inheritance. Just, just go ahead and pray it right now. Say, Father God, reveal to me what our inheritance is, what my inheritance is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And that's really the next couple of verses. That's what he, he prayed. For them, we're going to see it in just a moment. But he said, in whom we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. In whom, now you'll keep hearing that phrase, don't you? In whom, in whom, or in him... Talking about Christ. In Him, uh, in whom you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed. Hmm? See, I told you, you are a living stone who were sealed into your place in the body of Christ, into the church of the living God. You were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance. This is a big part of your your inheritance, the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Huh? The Holy Spirit is the earnest, the first part, not all of it, but the first part of our inheritance is the receiving and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit right here, right now. The earnest, the first fruit, you get now. There's more to come. A whole lot more. If that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, He will quicken your mortal body. He will quicken you for service. And then when the trump sounds, He's going to really zap you. You're going to get really zapped. This mortal is going to be made immortal. You'll get the rest of your physical inheritance for your body. You get the, the first part of it now is the quickening and healing and strengthening for service. It won't be enough to, to keep you from aging and getting old. It won't be enough to keep, you know, to keep you from being mortal. But it's enough to keep you serviceable uh, and keep you, keep you strong enough, functional, and huh? keep everything going and working. Right? That's part of your inheritance. Part of your inheritance. That Holy Spirit, hallelujah, a promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, until the praise of his glory. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord and the love unto the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now he is praying a prayer For the saints at Ephesus that they would see and realize and come into an awareness and a working knowledge 
of three main things. Three big things. A, he, he's praying, Lord, basically, you know, open the eyes of their heart and understanding. Give them revelation. Give them wisdom in the knowledge of Jesus about, and he's going to name three things. Verse 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know, number one, the hope of his calling. Hallelujah. You have been called. I said you have been called. Did you hear the call? I'm not a preacher. I didn't say you was a preacher. I said you've been called. You've been called out of darkness. Into his glorious light. You've been called to be a witness for him. You've been called. Did I lose somebody? Somebody say, I've been called. And we, we need revelation of what this call entails. And that's what he's praying for them. Lord, enlighten the eyes of their heart. Help them to realize their call. So sit out loud. Father God. Open the eyes of my heart. Help me to realize the hope of the calling. And then number two, we've already been talking about this. Number two, what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Does he want us to know what we've inherited? Oh, yes, he does. I said, yes, he does. He wants us to know. What did we inherit? Now, like I said, most Christians, most church-going people, they believe Jesus was successful in his death, burial, and resurrection and ascension. They believe he conquered death and the grave and paid the price for sin. They believe he is triumphant. They believe and will shout with you that he has the keys and he has the authority and he has the power. But they don't believe they do. They believe he does. (laughs) But not them. But the issue is, so Jesus did all that he did for himself? Huh? Did he need it for himself? He didn't have any sins of his own. To pay for. Did he need to break out of darkness? No. No. All that he did, he did for us. All that he accomplished, he accomplished for us. His victory is our victory. And here and here's the thing. His inheritance is our inheritance. Oh, you get this. And you're going to be too much for the enemy to handle. His inheritance is our inheritance. See, why, why is the Spirit of God prompting Paul to pray this? To pray for them. And, of course, it's recorded for us as well. That what? That you would know what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. This inheritance, it's rich. Rich as. 
It's glorious. This inheritance. That's the number two thing. The number three thing was, and that you would know and realize what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name. Somebody say every name, every name. Every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And it's not a period. I said, and it's not a period. It's not a period. Jesus did all this. The, the exceeding greatness of the power of God raised him from the dead. Why did he need to be raised from the dead? Not for his sins. Not for his judgment. So when Jesus was judged for sins, that was my sin, your sin, judged. And when he died, that was our death. And when he was raised from the dead, we were raised from the dead. Oh, come on, can you see it or not? And when he inherited, we inherited. That's why he keeps saying, in him. In him, in whom, in whom, in whom. I'm in him. And in him, I have eternal life. In him, I have the name. In him, I have the inheritance. Hallelujah, in him. We need to meditate on this. We need to confess it. We need to think about it, talk about it. I've inherited something, something eternal. He said, all of this has happened. He's been raised from the dead. He set him at his own right hand, far above the principalities and powers, and, and, and given him a name that's above every name. And, verse 22, are you reading? And, and, have put all things under his feet. Where's his feet? In the body. I'm in the body. Somewhere. You're in the body. Is that right? Somewhere. Didn't the Bible tell us? He's the head. We're the body. He's put all things under his feet. And in case you didn't get it. And gave him to be the head over all things to the church. The church. Which is his body. The fullness of him that fills all in all. Hallelujah. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Now skip down in the second chapter to the fifth verse. 2-5. Even when we were dead in sins, this is Ephesians 2-5, he has quickened us together with Christ. Somebody say, with Christ. With Christ. By grace you are saved. Is it true when he was made alive, that's how I was made alive? And keep reading. And verse 6. Come on, are you with me now? And somebody say and. And and he has done something else. He's raised us up together. What? With him. When he was raised up, we were raised up. 
Everything He did, He did for us. And, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What do you mean sit together? Where is he, where is he seated? Seated. At the right hand of majesty on high, which is the highest seat of authority in the universe. And he made us. When he was raised, I was raised. When he, when, when he was quickened and made alive, I was made alive. When he was raised, I was raised. And when he sat down at the right hand, I sat down. Hallelujah. His victory is my victory. His inheritance is my inheritance. Hallelujah. He is called the firstborn of many brethren. He is called the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Who are the other born again ones that he's the firstborn of? Who are the kings he's king of? Who are the lords he's lord of? Has he made us kings and priests unto our God? And we will rule and reign with him. It is written. Does that sound in, in harmony, in agreement with him saying, I give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Go to Hebrews 1, please. Hebrews 1. This stir you up a little bit? Oh, it should. It should. If you believe it, it will. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, what he has done for us. Oh, what he has done. What he has done for us. We will, we will thank him and praise him and bless him forever for what he has done for us. Hallelujah. Hebrews 1 and 1. It says, God... Who at sundry times and in different manners spoke in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. Hath in these last days spoken to us by his son. Whom he has appointed heir of all things. And by whom also he made the worlds. Now how many in the church believe this? That Jesus has been appointed heir of all things. That means he inherited. Say it out loud. Jesus is the heir of all things. He's the heir of all things. Hallelujah. Verse 3, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down, where? Where? On the right hand 
of the majesty on high. And we just got through reading. He caused us to sit down together with him. Did he? I didn't write that. Quickened together. Raised up together. Seated together. It is written. Hallelujah. Sat down on the right hand of majesty on high. Being made so much better than the angels as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name. Somebody say name. Name Name than they. Jesus' name he inherited. By inheritance, he's obtained a more excellent name. We just got through reading and you'll find it in other places. That name, the name of the head of the church, the name of Jesus, the Christ, is the name above, above all other names. At that name, every knee must bow. Every tongue must confess that Jesus, that name, that name, Jesus is Lord to the glory and praise of God the Father. Oh, did he, did he get the name? Come on, did he, did he get the name? Did he get the name? And we see that Jesus, when he walked the earth, he operated in this binding and loosing. We, we, we looked last week, that woman that had to issue, a, excuse me, the spirit of infirmity and was bent over for all those, what, 18 years, I guess. Uh, he said, you are loosed from your infirmity. He touched her. Instantly, she was made straight. She, she was loosed. Jesus did this. He, he, he ministered in this binding and loosing. It continued after Jesus was raised from the dead and ascended. You see it in the book of Acts. Don't you? You, you see it with Peter. And John, you see it with different ones. Were people healed? Were people delivered? Were people loose? It's still going on in the book of Acts. Why? By the name. By the name. The man that was healed at the gate called Beautiful, uh, you know, when that happened and the whole city was in an uproar about it. And Peter said this. He said, why look on us? It's by our, by our own power or holiness we made this man to walk. Which does away with the thought that Peter had the keys by himself. Huh? Uh-uh. He said it was the name. It was the name. Hallelujah. That made this man whole. What name? What name? Jesus got this name by inheritance. What does that mean? The Father gave him this name when he was raised. He, the Father spoke over him and said, This day I have begotten you. And I mean the heart of the earth shook and the chains fell off and Jesus got the keys of death and of hell and the grave. And is raised triumphantly over it all. And has this exceedingly powerful name. And before you get through reading the chapter. In the 14th verse. 
14th verse of the same chapter, talks about angels, how they're different. Uh, are they, are these angels not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Who's that talking about? Well, just a few verses earlier, he's talking about what Jesus inherited. So now why is he, why is he talking about us? Because we are heirs too. Oh, huh? (laughs) Go to the ninth chapter of Hebrews here. Jesus inherited something. Hebrews 9 and verse 15. Now, if you're interested in this, take some time and read carefully this whole book of Hebrews. Because there's a lot in here about this. In Hebrews 9, uh, 15, he said, For this cause... He, Jesus, is the mediator of the New Testament that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament. Now, the word testament can also be translated covenant. Covenant. They which are called might receive. Now, did we we just get through reading in Ephesians about the called? Huh? Are you called? Yeah. Yeah. The first thing, you, you've been called out of darkness into his glorious light. Called out of death into life. They which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Eternal inheritance. Keep reading. For where a testament is or a covenant, which is also a will... There must also be necessity, of necessity be the death of the testator or the one who wrote the will. Keep reading. For a testament is a force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator lives. (laughs) Well, what is the will and testament of the Lord Jesus Christ? You ever heard of New Testament? (laughs) Huh? (laughs) Have you read the will? You were left something. I said, have you read the will? Most people hadn't. And if they read it, they didn't read it like it was the will. You've been left something amazing. You've been left something huge. You've been left something eternal. Huh? You need to find out what you've been left. You need to find out. Lord, what, what did you leave me? Are y'all okay? What, what did you leave me, Lord? What does he have? What is his? Go, go to Romans, the, uh, the eighth chapter. Oh, praise God. We've already talked about that he has the keys of death and hell. And the grave. He has all authority in heaven and earth. He has the name above every name that he has inherited. Huh? How does that affect us? Most of the church doesn't think it does. They think, well, he's got it. Yeah. I, you know, I wish he would use it more for me sometime. But 
But he's, you know, let's just pray and beg him to, to use it for us. No. 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 Before, before we read Romans, I'm going to read another couple of scriptures, just a, you know, a little booster shot here. Yeah. Galatians 3, 18. You don't have to turn there. Just put it on the screen for us. Galatians 3, 18. If inheritance be, if inheritance is of the law, it's no more promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. What? The inheritance. And if you be Christ, would anybody raise a hand and say, verse 29, if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs, heirs, according to the promise. Somebody say, I'm an heir. I'm an heir. I'm an heir. Why? Because I'm, I'm related. I'm a relation. I'm the seed of Abraham. Right? And uh, in Galatians 4 and 6 and 7, it says, Because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, you are no more a servant, but a son. If a son, then you are an heir. Somebody say, I'm a child of God. And I am an heir of God. Through Christ. I'm an heir. I'm an heir. And Romans 8, finally. Romans 8. Similar thing here. The reason he says, well, you're, you're not just a servant. You're a son. And when he says son, he's not just talking about male. In, in Christ, there's neither male nor female. So all of us are the sons of God in that respect. But men, ministering spirits, angels, are not the sons of God. They're, they're servants. But we're not servants. We're sons. Well, why would he say that in that? Because the, the very next phrase he says, and, and since you're a son, you're an heir. Yes. Right. Servants don't inherit. It's family that inherits. And you are family because of your faith in Jesus. Hallelujah. And now that his spirit, which is the, the earnest of your inheritance, causes your heart to know that you're a child of God and causes your heart to cry, Abba, which means we'd say, Daddy, Father, because you belong in the family. And here's something that we need to shout about. Romans 8.15 You have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Now if you read through Ephesians where we were earlier, you'll find he goes into detail about talking about how that we were outside of the covenant of God. We were without God. We were without hope. We were on the outside looking in. We were not going to inherit anything where we were. But, oh, by the mercy of God, 
With his great love wherewith he loved us. You know, even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, he caused us to be saved and born again. And we have been, uh, we've been born again and placed into the family of God. Even those who would have been a wild olive branch have been grafted into those that, you know, you would look at our lineage and go, they don't get to inherit anything. But we have been adopted. Woo! Hallelujah! And we really are now in the family of God. We really are the sons of the living God. And we can call the creator of the universe Father. And He calls us His child. And we can call Jesus Brother. Now, he is also our Lord, but he is also big, big brother. Huh? Keep reading, keep reading, keep reading. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself, or other translations say himself, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children... Then heirs of God. Oh, come on. Do you see this next phrase? Oh, you didn't see this. Do you believe you're an heir? Do you believe that Jesus inherited all things and all power and all authority and a name that's above every name? And do you believe you are equal heir with Jesus? Joint. Joint heir. Joint heir. You know, if Dave and I are brothers in the same family, and our father passes on, and he was very wealthy, and they read the will, and they say, you two are joint heirs. What does that mean? Does that mean Dave has it all? (laughs) Huh? Huh? What does it mean, join air? Join air. Join air. Most of the church has not believed this. Not even dared to believe this. It is written. I said it's in the Bible. Come on, read it out loud. Verse 17. If children. Are we the children of God? I mean, most people would agree with that. If children, then we are also heirs. How many believe that part? I've inherited something. Huh? Heirs of God. Heirs of God. Now, man, that's saying something. Heirs of God. Come on, say the next part. And, and, joint heir with Christ. What what does joint heir mean? Joint heir. If Dave and I, you know, in the same family... And the will says we're joint. We're joint heirs of the lands, the houses, the money, the stuff. What does that mean? I got as much right to it as he does. He's got as much right to it. Is that right? Is I do. Is that true or not? Joint heir. Joint heir. Joint heir. If you look up the words, it can even be translated equal heir. Joint heir. 
Why? Well, it shouldn't shock us because he came to do it for us in the first place. He got it for us. He got the authority for us. He got the empowerment for us. He got the, the inheritance for us. Say that loud. I am a child of God. I am an heir of the Father. And I am a joint heir with Jesus, my brother, the Christ. Hallelujah. 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 Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. First John 3, 2 says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Right now. First John 4, 17 says, As he is, so are we in this world. I want you to stand on your feet, if you would. <coughs> Somebody say, Praise God. 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 Praise God.